Well, welcome to the Fifth Dimensional Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'd like to welcome you all, uh, wherever you are. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, one of the participants brought up today to my attention that he feels like a lot of ups and downs and um, experiencing um, massive or very intense or overwhelming of the emotions, feelings, and challenges in life that they go, uh, they hit him and uh, they take him up and down. So basically, we have spoken this many times before, but now I'm going to put it in a different content. And let's put it this way. Ima we can imagine that you're in a boat and this boat is in at different times, it's cruising through uh, very smooth water and it's very easy and uh, there's no waves and storms and sometimes this boat, this ship is cruising through high seas and big waves and stormy weather. So the boat is going up and down and up and down and you can basically view yourself in your life like that <clears throat> to have a visual and that this is a common thing and it's always it happens there are times in your life that things go your way and you get what you want and, and when we basically get what we want and things are very smooth and they're going our way then there's no problem you've you're happy, there's no issue, and your mind is not getting triggered, and your emotions, uh, you don't have so much ups and downs, and, and uh, you're basically happy because things are going your way. But that's not how life is. In actual life, that we all experience, everybody experiences. this, doesn't matter who you are, what country you come from, uh, what religion you were born in, what your, your belief systems, uh, what race you come from, you're tall, you're small, you're super attractive, you're ordinary looking, um, you're able, you're disabled, it doesn't really matter. This is something that each and every one on the person on this planet has to go through it and deal with it. It's there's nobody's exempt from it unless you were born completely awakened or you go through a very powerful awakening in your life and you go beyond this, this issue. And even then, if you go through this powerful awakening, still your nervous system and your body, your mind, your emotions are not immune from ups and downs of life so you can find equilibrium within yourself and find the balance and the stillness within yourself and reside in that place but your mind and your emotions can and your body still in this boat and it's still gonna go up and down okay so i want to make sure this is clear and we understand this because there's this misconception, which I have been there myself as a spiritual seeker. When I was sitting with my teachers, different awakened beings that I highly respect and 
highly look up to and to this day I highly respect them and I bow at their presence even though they they're not alive any longer and they're not in physical form but I was projecting that these beings these people they have they don't feel like they don't get jealous they don't get angry they don't get impatient they don't experience anxiety or loneliness or uh, anger or whatever but that is not true they equally like each and every one of us experience all the emotions that that you experience you and i experience there's no difference okay so this idea of projecting this on someone else that is immune to their nervous system is absolutely an illusion it doesn't exist because as long as you're in a human body you're occupying this human body you're subject to experiencing your nervous system you cannot escape it unless you're very numb and you are very disconnected from yourself or you had a very tough upbringing or you've been in some kind of political prison or something and you've been tortured or whatever has happened that you're so disconnected that you don't feel anything or you're on a lot of medication but other than that it's normal it's it's absolutely normal for you to experience your nervous system you cannot escape it it's impossible as long as you're in physical form now i don't know what happens if you're outside of your body and you're in another dimension you know i can't tell you anything about it but i can only speak about this experience that that i i i go through and i'm familiar with and i've discovered within myself that's all i can share with you that's it so so let's get this part very clear and admitted and accepted that the ups and downs the stim the nervous system gets stimulated you know if as you mentioned shishi earlier today and i'm assuming you're okay about speaking about this um you had this uh breakup with your love of life and uh and when you had this breakup and it was temporarily and but you still went through very strong emotions and heartbreak and so basically your nervous system is very affected correct am i right so because of the breakup or because of the fight or because two people are together and something happens in between them and there's friction and then there's an explosion and you're going different direction and through this explosion which we can could be a fight disagreement or whatever your nervous system is going to be tremendously affected and you're nervous you're you're sad your stomach is bothering you some people you know they have to go to the bathroom every five minutes they're getting anxiety uh somebody else may shut down completely and want to sleep all day somebody else may want to have to take some ice cream uh some people they need to drink or smoke a cigarette or take some 
um, anti-depression medication or Valium to relax, relaxes the nervous system. So, or somebody needs to go for a walk or whatever is the story, everybody's got their own thing to just calm them, themselves down. It's about that, calming down your nervous system because of the explosion happened. And that is with everybody on this planet. Everybody, no one is excluded from it. As long as you're in a body and as long as you're alive, I don't care if you're Mambri Tananda Mai, the hugging mother, or you are someone else. It doesn't matter. I was at, at Amaji's ashram, the hugging mother, in December of 2000, in December of 1992. She allowed uh, a small group of us at six o'clock in the morning to go sit with her and meditate on the rooftop of one of the buildings. Now then it wasn't so big. Now it's, I hear that it's grown up, grown and there's thousands of people around her and I don't think you can do that anymore. I, I don't know what is going on now, but that was the case. So we're sitting there, it's like 12 of us sitting there at six in the morning or seven in the morning, something like that, and waiting for her to come to sit with us and uh, meditate and receive. And we're on the rooftop and they were doing some painting. Painters were painting some parts of the building and Amma is walking around and she's really angry and she's kicking buckets, buckets around and she's barking at these painters and she's really pissed off because they screwed up. They didn't do the things the way she wanted them to do it. Obviously she had explained to them what she wanted and they didn't do it. So she's kicking buckets all over the place. And here's the divine mother and she's an enlightened being. And she was really pissed off. <laughs> as simple as that. I'm trying to, just one moment, I'm trying to unmute you. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Hey, I was thinking when you were speaking uh, what to do about it so it uh, doesn't happen again. Uh, not only handling um, uh, emotions, but uh, to uh, set something in motion that would uh, prevent right from happening right uh, right and um, it's and even um, more important to understand the reason behind it i always try to ask uh, why something happened and uh, it's often like they are invisible forces you can't uh, do anything about it's often right right great beautiful how great. To handle in, in, invisible forces Right. Okay. So let's answer your questions one at a time because there's like two, three questions within one. The number one thing you said is how could I prevent it from happening? The unfortunate incident that triggers you, how can I prevent it from happening? Uh, number one is you can't. You cannot prevent it from happening. I don't care who you are and how mighty you are and how powerful you are. You cannot do that. So that's impossible. Uh, number two is that, okay, I cannot. So that comes from control, that I want to control life. 
So life goes in my way or things that trigger me do not happen. And that, that's absolutely impossible, okay? Things going to happen. Now, why, then the next question was like, why is it happening to me? Because that's what's important. Because if it's happening to somebody else, you wouldn't care. Am I right? You're, you're just, you just care about what happens to you because that's your experience of life. And why would you care if it's happening to someone else? Uh, it's not affecting you. So it's not uh, related. Why is it happening? There's different ways of explaining it. Number one, the way I look at it is that whatever happens to me, it's a part of my growth. It's a part of my spiritual growth. It's an area that I need to work on. It's an area I need to master, an area that if I have mastered it, then I need to demonstrate it practically that I have mastered it. And just because I have mastered something in life, that doesn't mean spirit is not going to challenge me anymore. You're always going to be challenged by the spirit, by life, to demonstrate mastery. Have you mastered yourself? Have you mastered this art, this art of being, and this art of learning how to be still in the face of all the adversities and challenges? How you can stay in your center and not be affected by these ups and downs of life. So that is one way of explaining it, that the way I look at it is when anything's challenging me is what the spirit, God, my higher self, my guides are challenging me to demonstrate that I have mastered this or they're helping me by throwing this at me to look at myself and to master myself so I can not react to it. Or if I do react to the situation, I react from a very still and silent area, place within myself, not from an identified space, not getting identified with the story and reacting from there, but if there's going to be a reaction, reacting from a quiet and still place. So that's how I look at it. Now, how, okay, now let's go to the third part of what you brought up. How do you deal with adversities? How do I deal with constant challenges? Okay, so number one is you need to go back and look at yourself. You look at yourself that, okay, it's my ego, it's, my, it's the I, it's the sense of identification that I have developed, that I am someone, I am a person separated from the source, separated from existence. So it's me here, and this is existence. And I'm not one with ex- existence. This idea, this illusory idea that you think you're not one with everything. So, because of that, you think you need to control things and things go your way. Well, you are one with the whole thing. Everything is connected to you and you're connected to everything. So you cannot control the oneness. 
because you are the oneness. It's your identification or your idea of being separated from the oneness comes in, which you can call it the ego, and wants to control events to go in your way, to serve your illusory person. This person that does not really exist, it's an idea, it wants to be served by controlling life. And since it's not true, and it's not gonna help you evolve to a higher consciousness, existence is not gonna abide. It will not go for it. It will kick your ass instead. And then it will put you in the same situation to kick your ass again, because you don't get it. And then it happens again, and it happens again. And then you start to seek, become a seeker. And then, you know, you go to the spiritual market and you're studying this and studying that. And a lot of the teachings are about reinforcing you as a separate person. You can make things happen to go your way. So you're doing these courses, reading these books and practicing these things. And still you can't get what you want. So you're more frustrated. And then maybe if you're lucky at one point, so your ego has been grinded, you know, you keep falling down, you know, your blood gets, your nose gets bloody and you get up and you clean yourself, get yourself ready. You go for another round and you get punched by existence and you fall down again and you get up and, you know, you get yourself ready and you go back for another round and then they, they kick your butt again then it gets to a point that for some of us, if we are lucky, then we hear this teaching. And this teaching is nothing new. It's many different teachers in the past and present time referring to what I'm sharing with you. I'm not the only one who talks about this. But not many people have resonance with it and not many people are ready to hear it because they need to go in that boxing match and get their butt kicked again because the ego is not ready to soften. The ego is not ready to take the back seat. It's still purification. We still have to go through the cycle of getting more purified till we become humble because you have to get humble and your ears have to open up so you can hear and your eyes have to open up so you can see. And your heart needs to open up so you can receive and give love. But when there's this big ego thing, this sense of separation, and I want to control things, and I want to manipulate things, and I want things to go my way, well, your being, your higher self, is not, if you're ready, if you're close, is not going to allow you to go in that direction. Out of love because it doesn't want you to develop this monster ego that it's all me, 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 and everything is for me, and builds up on this illusion. It wants you to realize that you're one with the presence. You're one with the spirit. You're one with God. So you surrender this idea that you're in control into the will of the Allah in the will of Her Majesty, surrendering to that, accepting what is, accepting life as is. And in accepting life as is, 
then surrender comes and in that you take the back seat you chill out you relax what happens is you go beyond your mind you learn and you pull your attention from the other world outside from your thoughts from your emotions that this is wrong what is happening is wrong it should go my way and if it's not going my way there's something wrong in existence so as you begin to see this and notice this you bring your attention inwards and you bring your attention to yourself the observer of what is happening not what is happening what is happening is not going my way this is wrong then now your nervous system is very activated and your thought process is very strong because you have this idea that things need to go your way and now you're involved with it and you're angry with it and things just keep getting worse and worse and worse there's no freedom in it what we're looking for is freedom we want to be free and freedom doesn't mean that i'm going to be problem free in life and everything's going to go my way no inner freedom means you have come to surrender and acceptance means you're surrendered to life and you're accepting what life presents what life brings to you and what life takes away from you and when you lose something you just stay in your surrender in life surrendering and accepting that this is meant to be so now your mind's not activated and your emotions are not up and down and you will be amazed this is the mystery of life i can't promise it to you but i will share it with you because it's my experience many many times i have experienced same thing and yet the challenge always comes over and over again and i have to demonstrate to life to the boss her majesty myself is our words that i'm worthy of wisdom i'm worthy of where i am i'm worthy to be a teacher and teach and that is getting challenged continuously it doesn't matter where you're at in your consciousness challenges are always going to come according to where you're at in your level of consciousness in your level of development they may not put your 15 year old or or your friend who just came to spirituality under the same pressure as they may put you under that pressure because you're more developed and you can handle more your capacity is larger so you can handle a bigger challenge which will flip them and break them and your friend who just arrived in spirituality and start to develop they will have their own challenges according to the their capability of what they can handle so they take them to their limits and then they they give you other challenges according to what you can handle and then let's say you're more developed and more awakened and you're going to have your challenges in that level you know but the challenges are not going to stop this is you need to understand this part awakening and coming to a higher level of consciousness is not going to give you 
any kind of power that you can manipulate things to go your way. That way of thinking is absolutely wrong. And whatever teachings you're getting, any, whatever, wherever you're going, that they're teaching you techniques and methods that you can manipulate life to go your way, you're on the wrong path because you're going to discover that it doesn't work. It will work for a short period of time, but the more you get evolved, the more you realize they don't work. The path is that you start to accept and surrender to what is. Again, now surrendering to what is doesn't mean you're not going to put an effort. It doesn't mean you're not going to get upset. It doesn't mean you're not going to try to make improvements in your life. It doesn't mean I sit here all day long and I don't do anything because I'm surrendered to life and I accept life. So I'm just sitting here in my office and I'm waiting for everything to come to me. That doesn't mean that. I still get up and hustle and go here and go there and show up and, and maybe I'm late to my appointment or to my lecture and I get nervous. Maybe I'm anxious, you know, maybe something happens, makes me angry. Maybe I get some bad news, I feel sad. Maybe there's a moment that I'm somewhere and I feel the feeling of being alone comes and I feel lonely. Why aren't I with anybody or I don't have people around me or whatever, the feelings come and go. The thoughts come and go. But you remain in your own center. You stay in your center. You, when you, you look for your center, you find yourself you find the part of yourself, which I'm going to use different words. And you tell me which you pick up that one that works for you. You bring your attention inwards to yourself and you find the Buddha within yourself. You find a part of yourself that is very still. It's like this. Emotions come, stories come, but this part of you is not reacting to anything. It's not reacting to your partner comes and tells you, you know what, I'm not into living with you anymore. I'm over it. Okay? How many times that has happened? You're seeing somebody and they come and tell you, hey, you know, I don't love you anymore. I'm not attracted to you anymore. And I don't want to be with you anymore. And what is normally our reaction? Most people fall apart. Oh my God, why me? Or why don't you want to be with me? And what have I done? Or, or, or there must be something wrong with me or I'm out of shape or I'm getting older or, I'm, or he, he or she has must found someone else and ah, crying out, falling apart, falling into pieces. Okay. And they're very spiritual. They go to different workshops, seminars, they're reading all these books. But now something is not going their way and they're falling into pieces. They're a mess. Instead of partner comes, tells you, I don't want to be with you anymore and I don't love you. And you stay in your center instead of pointing finger at you. No, this is wrong with you. Da -da 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 -da. And reacting, you just stay in your center. You take it, you hear it, you say, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. And you stay in your center and you don't react in that way. Not reacting from a chaotic place. 
You may react, but you react from a very collected, centered place, which you have found your equilibrium. You react from there, not the reaction, emotional reaction of what you see the world does. You go to tell a big group of Muslims that God doesn't exist, and all of a sudden they want to tear you into pieces. Or you go talk to the, the Jewish tribe and tell something that they don't like to hear, and then they want to tear you into pieces. Or you go to the Christian, uh, born-again Christians or fundamentalists, and tell them Jesus never existed, and they want to kill you and tear you apart right then and there. And you go to a group that they're big supporters of Donald Trump, you're in Texas, and you tell them that Donald Trump is blah, 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 and they're ready to shoot you with a shotgun. So same thing. Somebody comes and tells you something that it doesn't go with your prejudice. Whatever is your prejudice. Let's say you're really into Hare Krishnas, and you're really into Buddhism, and you're a Buddhist monk, or you have this belief system, spiritual belief system, and somebody comes and says something to opposite of your belief system. And now you're all defending yourself and you're defending your prejudice and you're ready to kill and angry and really want to prove your point that you're right. Even though if you're right, if you have mastered yourself, if you have found your equilibrium, if you have found your center and somebody comes and insults your belief or your way, you just stay in your center. You hear it and you say, okay, okay, and you don't react. And you develop this, you will be amazed how things change in your life. I mean, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I don't want to plant seeds in your mind. So then now you're having expectations because, again, the mind wants to be rewarded. So then you tell yourself, oh, look at me, look at me, see, see, I can manipulate things. No, I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to when you, you get hit by something, by life, just stay in your center and don't learn not to react and then see what happens. Quite often, things starts to go your way. You'll be amazed by not buying into it and reacting into things when don't go your way, you'll be amazed how they turn around and go your way. It's, uh, it's counterintuitive. It's exactly the other way around. And it's exactly opposite of what we've been taught or programmed in our lives, that you have to go get it and you have to fight for it and you have to da 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 da, -da. And it's very interesting when you just don't react to things and you stay in your center, as long as it's, you wait for the emotional stuff. You know, when something hits you, first there's an emotional reaction because your nervous system is gonna be stimulated and you're going to be all, ah, you know. But if you just train yourself to stay in your center and not react, even though it's been you're right, even though there's an injustice is happening, that you are right, you know, you're, and someone's come and is lying or accusing you or taking away your rights and you, in your 
are within your rights, you know you're not lying, you know you did, didn't do anything wrong, but they're accusing you of it, and you just stay in your center and you don't react to it, but what happens is you don't go in the story because it's a trap. It's a trap by your own higher self because your higher self is not separated from that person who has come and accused you because it's all one. There's no separation. When you start to open up and you start to see that God is in everyone and everything, that spirit is in everyone and everything, and when something is happening to you, whether it's justice or injustice, it's still coming from your higher self because they're positioning you in this place to be challenged. And they want to show you whether you have found your own center and you have mastered yourself or you're still really identified with your ego. It's a test. And that test can be every day. Not every day you're going to have a very big thing happen to you, major thing, but every day you get tested by something in your life. And there are times big things happen. You have to learn how to stay still. There's no way out. Otherwise, you're in this boat that we talked about of emotions, and it's like a yo-yo, up and down and up and down and up and down, because you cannot control the events of life. You've got to give that idea. I don't care how many times you read the book Secret. I don't care how many courses you've taken of self-empowerment or learning how to control things. You cannot control events in life. It's impossible. But you can find your center. You can find and reside in this place within yourself, which is still and not reacting to things. And the more you connect with this place, the more you stay in your center. I mean, that's why they put their hands, namaste, and it's equilibrium, it's centeredness. You're here and you're in your center. And the more you come to this place, and you recognize this place within yourself, then this pendulum, you know, is happening. There's pendulum, up and down, up and down. Things going your way, things not going your way. But if you, you know, you're holding a pendulum and you're, it's going like this, right? Pendulums, are you with me, right? But pendulums are hanging from a focal point. There's a focal point that they, swing from. The focal point doesn't change. It's very still. When you're holding a pendulum and it's going like this, the focal point doesn't move. It's the bottom part of it that is moving. The bottom part of it is you identifying with your emotions and your thoughts. So you're, so you're, you're here and then you swing to here. You're up and down. But if you bring your identification to the focal point, then there is no ups and downs in your life. Regardless, it's ups and, ups and downs of life, but you're not affected by it. Now, you're not controlling life to go your way. You're controlling yourself to not react. And that's much easier than trying to learn how to control life. 
because that's impossible and no one's ever been able to do it. And they were much bigger, more powerful beings than you and I in the history that none of them could do it. They had millions of people following him. Napoleon, Hitler, Stalin, Chinggis Khan, different rulers in the world, conquerors, they came. Millions of millions of people were following him and they couldn't do it. With all that mighty power and, and army and arms and money and everything and momentum, they all failed. They cannot do it. They cannot control life. You have to find your own center so you don't react to it. Then you're free. So let's see, there's a couple questions. So what is existence all about? <laughs> My brother Raphael. <laughs> you're cute. That's another subject. Let me see how much time we have. I don't know what time it is. Oh, we have 13 minutes left. Okay. So <laughs> what is existence all about? Our friend is asking. That's a very loaded question, okay? And uh, one can sit down and go over this for days and days and days, right? But I'm just gonna explain it in a nutshell. First of all, basically, existence is not something you're, you or me or anybody is gonna be able to get it or comprehend it by their mind. It's not an object that we can get. The mind wants to understand things that can visualize or conceptualize and bring it to some sort of object. Because when we talk about existence, what's it about or whatever, automatically, if you pay attention to yourself, automatically you're going to have a visualization of something because that's how the mind can understand things, human mind can understand things in its own essence of existence. It has to visualize it and conceptualize it to get it because it's limited. The human mind cannot understand the infinity. Infinite, are you familiar with infinite? Means it keeps going and going and going and going. There's no beginning to it and there's no end. It keeps going, expanding from every direction and when you're trying to understand the infinite you're trying to picture something try it right now what is the infinite meditate on it and you can see your mind is trying to have a picture of it and that's not only you everybody's like that because you're trying to understand a phenomena that is beyond your imagination so you can't understand it you have to conceptualize it and you have to make an imagery note out of it so you can get an idea of it. So having said that, what is existence all about? Then now we need to put it in a frame of work with a beginning and the end so we kind of understand it with our thinking mind because the thinking mind can't understand infinity. It doesn't make sense to it. So it wants this to be in some frame that it can get. So the truth of existence is, existence is all there is, and it's always been here, and it's always going to be here. It's an expression of the consciousness. It's an expression of a phenomena of, of something which is, is everywhere, and it expresses itself continuously in different ways. 
it, it expresses itself in human forms. It comes as vegetation. It expresses itself as rocks and mountains and in a liquid form, it becomes water, it becomes air. Then there's other planets and space and other alien forms, maybe, I don't know, I haven't had encounters with them. I've had encounters with trans-dimensional beings, but I haven't had a UFO land in, in behind my house. So I see them, so I don't know what the story is. They are there, they're not there, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I've had other beings, trans-dimensional beings, appear to my life and disappear and whatever. But it just is everything. Something which has been here before you and I come, and something which is going to be, be here after the form is gone, and it's doing its thing. That's what existence is all about, a presence. Now, luckily, thank God, or maybe unfortunately or fortunately, we can't understand it with our thinking mind, but we are one with it. We're a part of the existence. So I can't understand it when I think about it, but when I don't think about it, when I don't think at all, <coughs> excuse me, when I have no thoughts, and I'm just sitting here, and there's no thoughts in my mind, whether I have my eyes closed or I have my eyes open, what happens is I become one with the existence. I'm always one with it regardless, okay? Because now you can come and say, well, if you're thinking, are you separated from existence? No, these are all matter of speaking because language is very limited and it's impossible to convey the nature of the being through language because it's beyond the language. Language has come from the being. The being doesn't come from the language. So we cannot use language to ex explain the being. But the, the being, the presence, you dive into it and you have this sense of oneness or experience of oneness with it in the absence of your thinking mind. When you become quiet inside, you're not thinking, then boom, you tap into it. And all of a sudden, you're in this fifth dimensional realm of oneness. And it's amazing. It's because I, yesterday I had lunch with a friend of mine and he was telling me Zarathustra, I, had, I was in Thailand and I had this Satori experience. And in the Satori experience, I was one with everything. I could see life force running through the plants. I could just see how the energy was going through the trees and the plants. And I could see how everything is connected to everything. And he was very excited. He was genuinely sharing with me this experience he had. Okay? So... It lasts for three or four days that he was in total oneness with everything. But when it's, it's, it was saying, it was like better than any orgasm I've had in my life. It was very orgasmic. It was like beyond, okay? But when it's happening, when you tap into the higher consciousness, you, you're, all of a sudden you jump into the fifth dimensional realm of the oneness, what happens, you're experiencing the 
yaminess. You're experiencing the orgasm of life. You're experiencing this explosion of the love and oneness and being connected with everything. But at that moment, there is the absence of your thinking mind. There is no you there. Because if you become one with that, then where is you? You have dissolved into the oneness. So there is no Raphael or there is no Zarathustra. It's only the oneness. It's only the collect collective. Then there is no you there during that experience to say, oh, wow, it's amazing. I am one with everything because there is no you being one with everything. It's only oneness. So you can't just be in there and say, wow, I'm one with everything because it's in the absence of you. You have to get out of the way or you have to die. And when I say that die means your ego, your sense of separation needs to go away. And then it's the oneness. Now, my friend experienced, he went into this realm. There was a duration from the beginning to the end for three and a half days, four days. He was one. And then he came back, descendant to the third dimension. Now he becomes a person separated from the source and now referring to it from this place saying, wow, that was an incredible experience I had. But now it's back into the sense of separation. But when you're one with it, there's no you there claiming this experience as amazing as yourself because you are a part of the whole thing. Does this make any sense to you? Yes? No? Yeah? Yeah. So my suggestion to <coughs> those of you who are suffering from ups and downs is give up any idea you have that you can control life to go your way. Give that idea up. It's an idea. Sit with yourself, talk to yourself, and come to terms of giving up the idea of trying to make things, manipulating things to go your way. Now, okay, let me explain this part. We all try to do that. Don't take me wrong. I want things to go my way. Of course I want things to go my way. I'm trying to do my things. I do the best I can for things to go my way, like everyone else. Anyone else who's being successful in their lives, they're trying to make things to go in a successful way, which is their way. The difference between awakened being, a free being, and an ordinary person who suffers is this. Someone who's free or awakened, they're not attached to the results. They're not invested and attached to the results. You do the best you can to make something happen to go your way without any attachment to the results. If you're really attached to the result that I'm investing, putting so much time for this thing to go my way, and then if it doesn't go my way, I'm going to be miserable, then you're going to suffer. Suffering is gonna come. But if you don't have attachments to the result, then how could negative, if results don't go your way or not go your way, if they don't go your way, how could you be suffering? You're not attached to the results. You are surrendered to 
whatever life is going to give you. You did your best to make this happen, but you also surrendered to whatever results existence going to give you because you trust existence, you trust God, you trust the Spirit that always is going to do what's the best because existence no much no better than you and I. The existence is the source of bringing billions of billions of people, trillions of people before you and I were born. Something has been managing. There's a big management happening. All these people come to life and all these people go. All these planets are turning around each other. None of them run into each other. In my life, I have not experienced Earth runs into Mars. I don't know, it's never happened in few thousand years of recorded history that one of these planets run into another planet. So something knows to manage these things. And then always days to turn to nights and nights turn to days. Yeah, I understand if you live in the Arctic, you may go through six months or four months of no day or no nights, but I'm talking about the rest of the planet. Days turn to nights, nights turn to days. Winter turns to spring, spring turns into summer, summer turns into fall. Something's managing it. It's definitely not me and it's not you. Okay, so why don't we trust this thing that is managing everything? Why don't we trust and surrender to it and let it do its thing? And I have a desire to make things happen to go my way. I have a desire that every time I put a workshop or a retreat to be successful, okay? I never put a workshop or retreat with this preconception notion that, oh, I hope my retreat to turn to be a disaster, you know? I hope my workshop to be a disaster. I'm going to marry this woman, this girl, and I hope that we divorce after two years. I'm hoping that she cheats on me. I'm going to buy this building downtown Los Angeles. I hope in three years I go bankrupt and I lose all my money. You never do anything with that intention. You're always doing it with the intention of success, hoping things go your way. But things don't always go your way. Sometimes go your way, sometimes they don't. But if you cultivate and develop this attitude, that even if things don't go my way, I trust life, I trust the manager that manages life, that they know better than I do, and there's a wisdom to it that things didn't go my way, therefore I surrender and I accept the final decision. The final decision is God's decision. I surrender to that one, then your life becomes very easy. Then you can't suffer. Suffering becomes impossible. And why suffer when you can avoid it? But in order to avoid it, you have to change your mentality. A, that's one way, changing your mentality, changing your view of looking at things. B, is you have to find to be collected and centered because if you just say, I surrender, it's mental. It's not really, you don't really mean it. It's just something you're saying it. But you have to rely on something to surrender. That means you have to find your own center. 
You have to find you, the observer inside you, that is not move, changing. It's still and connecting to that. And by bringing your attention to that part of yourself, which is present, presence, and keeping your attention on that part of yourself, then you start to experience the presence in your life in every moment. You start to experience that really spirit is around you all the time. God is around you all the time. That you're worthy of living in this life. And every challenge that comes to you is a teaching. It's designed by the school of spirituality to teach you something. So you accept it, you welcome it, you accept it, and you don't react to it, and you take the best out of it. You learn the best out of it, and you're not a victim anymore. You change your attitude. Somebody screws you over, they steal money from you, they lie to you. Inside you say, thank you for teaching me what you taught me, because I'm not a victim. I needed to learn this. I needed a snake someone with a pretty face and pretty smile come to my life and give me these pretty lies and cheat and i get cheated and learn this lesson that i needed to learn because obviously if it happened it was meant to be that way and i had to learn this lesson now you're not a victim and now your mind is not suffering because you're accepting what is and not only that now you're turning the poison into medicine Something happened to you. Somebody screwed you over. They cheated you. And instead of you going to the victim side and calling all of your friends and going into the story and recreating the story, instead of doing that, you stay in your center within yourself and you say, I accept this. I see what happened. Thank you for the teaching. I learned something very valuable from this. And I'm actually grateful to the person who came and cheated me because they co-created, they came to teach me this. This came from my guru. This came from my higher self. This pretty cunning face was my higher self, came to my life and lied to me. So I learned this in the school of spirituality. Because the school of spirituality is not limited to a building. It's not limited to a church. It's not limited to a school. It's life. So you're always in the school of spirituality. You're always being challenged. So you take the lesson. You're grateful. It makes you sharp. It makes you sensitive. But you don't close your heart. You keep your heart open. You fall down. You get bloody. You get... Dusty, you clean yourself, you clean up yourself, you put yourself back into shape, you're grateful for the experience, and now you're going to go forward with that experience in your bag, and you go higher and higher and higher, because life will get better for you. When you're awakened and sensitive and alert and open to life, life can only get better. It doesn't get bad. When life gets dark, it's because you're not awake. When you're awakened and you're waking up, life cannot get dark because you are full of light. Darkness has no place in your life. Things can only get better. But better doesn't mean things going to go your way. Don't take me wrong, okay? That's the mind. Things get better means 
you surrender to life and you accept life and your heart's open, your mind is quiet and you feel the love in your life and you feel connected and you can see the synchronicity of how things perfectly come together and life gets better and better and better. Sending you lots of love and light.